Whoosh, that was some storm yesterday. <laughs> oh my goodness. I don't know how many of y'all lost power, but we were without power for a long time. Um, and then it was off again this morning. So, you know, we'll see. There was a point about three in the afternoon uh, that it was lighter outside than inside the house. And the rain had stopped enough that, and the wind wasn't whipping around at that moment. Um, so I put my dogs on a leash and we went out and went on a walk. Uh, and I came across one of my neighbors. Um, it, yesterday was our trash day. so. <laughs> Um, her trash can had gotten blown over, obviously, before it had gotten picked up. Um, so she was picking up the last of that trash when I saw her, and I said, how are you? And she said, oh, good grief, one step at a time. And so the trash had spilled. She was taking care of her two-year-old grandson. Uh, the electricity was out. She had a bunch of pressing errands and the basement was flooding. And in the scheme of this world, for many people, that would still constitute a really good day. But it doesn't mean that in the moment we're, we're in that frame of mind. And in the moment, that was a lot of challenge um, um, for her at that, right then. So somewhere along the line after that, I came back across a reading from Byron Katie um, that I just love. I assume y'all all know Byron Katie. If you don't, look her up. <laughs> she is very worth knowing her, her teachings, which are all about like radically opening to what's here and seeing clearly um, um, the whole shebang of it and then finding the right step forward. And I'm not saying that very well, but she does. <laughs> so I'll let her say it if you wanna look her up. Uh, but here is a reading from her called Do the Dishes. And I, I don't know why I'm gonna say this, but I am. It's interesting to know that she has some sort of eye disease. I don't remember what, uh, and I don't know where her progression is at this point, but for many years she has been virtually blind um, or functionally blind. And it's really interesting to hear this, this radical showing up moment by moment by moment with um, the realities um, when they're challenging with life. So do the dishes. I would often return from a long trip to find the house full of dirty laundry, piles of mail on my desk, the dog dish crusted, the bathroom a mess, and the sink piled high with dishes. The first time this happened, I heard a voice that said, do the dishes. It was like coming upon the burning bush. And the voice from the bush said, do the dishes. It didn't sound very spiritual to me, but I just followed its directions. I would stand at the sink 
and just wash the next dish or sit with the piles of bills and pay the one on top, just one at a time. Nothing else was required. At the end of the day, everything would be done and I didn't need to understand who or what did it. When a thought appears such as do the dishes and you don't do them, notice how an internal war breaks out. It sounds like this. I'll do them later. I should have them done by now. My roommate should have done them. It's not my turn. It's not fair. People will think less of me if I don't do them now. The stress and the weariness you feel are really mental combat fatigue. In that a phrase, mental combat fatigue. What I call doing the dishes is the practice of loving the task in front of you. Your inner voice guides you all day long to do simple things such as brush your teeth, drive to work, call your friend, or do the dishes. Even though it's just another story, it's a very short story. And when you follow the direction of the voice, that story ends. We are really alive when we live as simply as that, open, waiting, trusting, and loving to do what appears in front of us now. What we need to do unfolds before us, always doing the dishes, paying the bills, picking up the children's socks, brushing our teeth. There's always just one thing to do. Loving the task in front of you. That is such a beautiful teaching. Uh, and the way she highlights its relevance to simple daily living is really profound. And there have been plenty of times that I have had that combat mental fatigue, <laughs> overwhelm, and have called it and come back to just one thing, doing the dishes. It's really lovely when we learn enough skillfulness to manage overwhelm in this sort of way. And I have to say, you know, for me, um, I like at the end of her story in this writing, uh, she says, at the end of the day, all the dishes are done, the, light, the dirty laundry's done, it's all taken care of, who or what did it? Well, at the end of my busy days like that, maybe it's not all done. <laughs> you know, like maybe not every piece of it. And I don't think, I think she would laugh if she heard that that was supposed to be that way. Um, but I just want to acknowledge that doing the dishes, loving that one task, doesn't mean the end of the day is a nice neat bow. But the end of the day can be very satisfactory if we know we have spent that day well doing the dishes, whatever that is for that day for us.
So I think about this with our formal practice. Uh, a lot of times our idea of what our formal practice is, is out there and where we are is back here. And this dissonance between how I think my formal practice should be and where I really am is simply another form of combat mental fatigue. And what's it like to think of that same sort of receptivity to the task that's right here with any meditation? It's not that thing I want meditation to be. It's the messiness, as I named, the discombobulation that might be right here, right now. And how instead of reaching far, I'm very open and receptive to what's here. And tend to this instead of wanting that. and doing it with love, loving the task at hand. What does that mean? In formal meditation, I'm distracted. The task at hand is working with distraction. How do I bring a wisdom of loving to the distraction? loving the distraction, not getting indulgent and lost in it, but the fact that it is arising, being a point of connecting with love to the work of my practice. So notice what might be some habitual reactions to distractions. And what you may really understand and know about the difference of the distraction being what's in the way versus the distraction being the way. And sometimes the distractions, they're not minutia. They're really big things. They're really life challenges. And then it's even more important to love the task. And then along those lines, when it's not dishes, when it's not my formal meditation, but it is life and it is the really difficult, challenging things of life, how does all of this relate to, to those moments? I remember very clearly there was a time when my um, girls were a lot younger, my parents were still alive. My dad had his first really serious illness. Uh, and um, for whatever reasons, was refusing to get any medical care or treatment. Um, and so he waited so long that before he was willing to go that it kind of all snowballed. and. Um, was a bit of a medical crisis to, to get him through that he finally decided he wanted to get through. So my dad was really sick. My mom was really freaking out by him not getting care. And then totally separate from that, one of my girls was in her 
own, you know, crisis, very difficult um, situation arising for her. And I was trying to show up and teach mindfulness in the midst of all of this. <laughs> um, it was a little bit of a crazy, um, crazy time. And I remember very clearly feeling on the verge of um, overwhelm and having the wherewithal of practice. <laughs> this is why we do it. We want it available to us in those moments, having the wherewithal of practice to understand, oh, kind of in the middle of all of these parts, I have this assumption I should be able to fix all of these parts. And that's just not real. Um, what I can do is show up as best as I can, moment by moment by moment, to this task in front of me, okay? Get dad to the hospital, okay? Then be with my daughter, then this, then that. And loving the task in front of me. If my life is in one of those challenged places, it's still my life and I still want to enjoy and appreciate my life. How does the practice actually open us up with this just do the dishes, loving the task in front of us, to then in the midst of that also be able to appreciate what is teaching me about impermanence. Dad will be here and now dad is gone loving those moments, even if he was like massively disagreeable, <laughs> um, loving those moments that I could still be with him, loving those moments of walking outside and seeing the sky, loving those moments of being able to know, oh, okay, I might be a complete mess at this moment in the way I'm showing up for my daughter, but I'm at least trying. And hopefully she knows that. Just do the dishes. It's a really good teaching. Love the task in front of you. Let the task in front of you, let the task in front of us, all of us, teach us about pain and compassion. Let the task in front of us, all of us, Teach us about joy and wonder and awe as we do the dishes. So I started the meditation with this quote from Koshin Paley Ellison. Being receptive is essentially being open to learning from everything. Some people hear this and are frightened. Others hear it and are excited. But true receptivity is a lot harder than it seems. And yet, 
if you can stay open to the lessons that are the most difficult to grasp, you can learn to swim, not drown, in the ocean of life. So let's pause for a moment here. What's some moment in your life, big or small, doesn't matter, where this opening up with the receptivity to whatever's here, the tasks in front of you, And just do the dishes, meeting the task with love. But you could feel stepping into a different mode of being. That was useful. What's it like to orient in that direction, right here, right now? Maybe the task in this moment is to simply open and be with wisdom and kindness. What does that feel like? Maybe the task right now is open is to open with wisdom and kindness to the non-opening of wisdom and kindness in the moment. This too is simply doing the dishes, meeting what's here. with love. Thank you.